0: Good morning. Happy Wednesday. It's the Bible Reading Plan podcast. We're back and uh, I'm Brendan. I'm here with Travis. And today I just want you to, whatever you're doing, take a deep breath, sit back, relax, and I'm going to read our scripture passage for us and then we're going to reflect on it. So if you're in a place where you can close your eyes, uh, close your eyes. Uh, If you're driving, do not close your eyes. (laughs) Okay. I'll just read this for us. This is uh, Romans chapter four, verses 13 through 25. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be their heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath. But where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations. According to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith, and he gave his glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. Whew! That is a- I'm glad you read that. Passage. Um, we will not get to the bottom of this one. Let's not even try. <laughs> We're not going to try to get to the bottom of this one. We are simply going to ask uh, one question, which is a different kind of question than a Bible study would ask. A Bible study would say, what are the three main points that, Paul is trying to make in Romans chapter four, you know, or, uh, what did, you know, Paul mean by the word convinced, you know, something like that. Those are Bible study questions. Those are great questions. It helps deepen our knowledge. Those are not necessarily discipleship questions. Um, what we're curious about is what is God drawing out of the text for our life right now? Like, like I said yesterday about, Uh, my observation to the psalm was a personal one saying, I think I needed to hear this today, you know? Um, So that's what we're doing in this space. There's other spaces for Bible study. um, And definitely our knowledge is all part of this seeking out and wondering what God is saying to us. But the main thing we're asking here in this space is what is God saying to me right now and the first thing we want to do is just notice and pay attention to a word or phrase that seems to illuminate out of this text so travis for you what's just one thing in this passage that seems just to be illuminated for you it seems to have like a highlighter on it or it seems to have more weight to it than others um i had it
1: it or at least what i focused in on is it it depends on faith Um uh, And really just, again, tying that back to just reading through this again, just the posture of Abraham's posture and how he, the face down, how he, um, his posture towards God and his heart towards God is what was credited, what was counted to him as righteousness. It wasn't, um, he didn't have the laws back then. Um, and, and, God even, you know, even in the, in the path or in the passage there or, or verse 15, it says law brings wrath and it's, you know, God, again, kind of like what you're saying, like if it's your bloodline or it's, I followed these rules or whatever it is, um, that's not getting you closer to God. It's your, it's your faith. Uh, it's, it's Abraham's again, face down saying, you gave me this uh, like almost to the the Monday where it's kind of like you're, you're laughing a little bit and just going, I I don't understand why I'm this guy, but I I guess I'm your guy. I'll receive this, uh, this amazing gift and just take it for, for what it is. And then like, I feel like in this pastor passage too, it's just, it's like spurring us on to just, just take it, just take the gift and like accept it for what it is and find it amazing. Um and that and, and faith builds out of that, obviously, right? The yes. faith of just saying God gave me this gift through Jesus and being able to just accept it is is a faith is obviously a huge step of faith of just going, I don't I don't have to do anything for this. I don't have to belong to a bloodline, I don't have to I can just accept it as is. And that to me was just really the the good news. Um and again, Paul just does this in Romans with you know theologies just ripping out the sides of these you know these verses where you could like you said you could spend you' could probably make 18 ser- three point sermons out of just these verses but uh, uh, I think I think it's pretty pretty easy in some some ways to just say again faith is is the is the determining factor
0: hmm yeah yeah that's good I mean this passage is definitely you kind of pull it out. One of the s- central hearts of this passage is this thrust of faith um, and being able to receive God's um, grace as a gift. Um, uh, for me, it was, uh, if it is the inheritance of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. That was a little chilling to me. Mm-hmm. Faith is null, um, meaning and how do I explain this? Um, the more we try to f- to stick to the law, the more we try to be good people, the more we try to be good Christians, the worse off our faith is. Yeah, you know, uh, the worse off we are. Um, that's what the Pharisees were stuck with. That's that's what Saul, you know, the Apostle Paul before he was converted. Yeah, was. Uh, what was um, plagued by. That's what his religion was. Um, and and I think that's what Jesus was most harsh on, you know, in his teachings. Um, yeah, I think he was most harsh on the people who thought they were some, you remember like the, the contrast he draws between the Pharisee who says, thank you, God, that I'm not like other men and and give a 10th of my income. And, you know, and then there's this other guy who who just, pounding his chest and saying, have mercy on me, God, sin- I'm, I'm a sinner. Yeah. And Jesus says, be like that guy. You know, yep. don't be like the first guy. Um, and I think there's this, there's this, uh, um, th- this desire to be perfect, you know, this desire to be good, to be acceptable, to get rid of guilt and shame on our own by good behavior. And it it takes us farther away from God. It's like this uh, paradox takes us farther away from God. Um I think of um my girls actually this happened tonight. <laughs> I uh okay, so we're we're we uh there's a pinata. My 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 daughter my two of my daughters, Jane and Grace, were doing a pinata with their cousin because it was her birthday. And uh they hit open the pinata, a bunch of candy comes out. Well, Jane grabbed two whole bags of like those fruit snacks, which are yeah. like pure sugar. Got ding, ding, <laughs> you know? Well, then we're about to go have cake, you know, and I'm like, I'm looking at my watch. It's like 715 or something like that. I'm like, it's already past her bedtime. And she, she, I turned around, she had eaten a whole one of these pouches in one mouthful. It was swallowing it had opened the second one, was about to put in, like literally higher mouth open, and was about <laughs> to put it in. And I said, Jane, before you eat that, just know if you eat that, you don't get a slice of cake. Like, so you can make your choice if you wanna eat this or cake, but that's your deal. So I walk away, I come back, like literally I had to walk away for two seconds. I came back and the, the other fruit snacks were gone. I was like, okay, you made your choice uh just so you know you won't get any cake and and she's like what she was like so upset with me i was Mm. like i i told you what the rule was yeah but then then i went to rachel and i told her what what happened and she's like you should have just let her eat the thing like it's okay she can have sugar i'm like okay well that was my instinct (laughs) you know was to like give a law yeah and and if I hadn't said anything, there would have been no trespass, you know? Yeah. She didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But once I said something, all of a sudden she is held accountable to it. And there's constant. So we had to figure out a compromise. We, we figured out a compromise. It worked out, it ended up being fine. But um, but it's interesting how how law is like, oftentimes our first response to things. You know, even as yeah. a parent for me to dole out a law. Yep. Or, and I know that's going to get into her brain of of, uh, trying to manage her life through rules and laws. And that becomes, for some people, that becomes like a psychotic thing, like like something they do impulsively, create rules for themselves and then create all kinds of uh, messed up, you know, uh, ways of thinking about themselves in the world and even, you know, can't get out of it maybe. Um, Yeah. So I just, I'm aware that, Law, you know, creating rules for ourselves or for others is kind of the way we manage our way through the world. Yep. Manage our way through our sin, manage our way through our pain, manage our way through our chaos. And I do that to myself. I do that to my girls. I do that in my marriage. I do that in my friendships. Um, I create my own laws. I make my own boundaries. Sometimes that's helpful, but oftentimes it is an overreaction. Yeah. So, so for me to be aware, like, how am I doing that in my relationship with God? How am I doing that spiritually for myself, creating rules, um, that are kind of made up, but help me feel like I've succeeded or been good at something or help me feel like I've made progress or help me feel like I'm, you know, avoiding something I ought to be doing for maybe a a good reason in my own mind, but really it's not a good reason. Um, because it, I made up a rule that it follows, you know, like, oh, I didn't give money to that person because of this fake rule that I made up for myself. Yep. I feel fine about it, but it Definitely. really it had nothing to do with God's law, you know? Yes. So yeah, the, the idea of like faith being nullified when uh, we are ruled by law, when we become adherents of law rather than um, practicers of faith. Yeah. So, so that's what I was reflecting on today.
1: Well, I think in that too is just, again, I think if we find, if we find Jesus is the most satisfying, like to talk about yesterday, if Jesus is the most satisfying thing is the most, the thing that gives us the most identity gives us the most joy that we, we find a place where we desire to be in a place where we love Jesus the most in everything that we do. Like it's so freeing from the law, because if you're focused, if you're that focused on it, you're not trying to set a law. You just go, how, how can I, how can I draw closer to Jesus today? How can I love Jesus more today? How can I be in awe of this gift that I shouldn't have received today? Mm-hmm. Um, it, your, your thoughts are completely taken away from this space of trying to create a law to justify something or to try to, to try to meet a standard. Like we, it's kind of silly. We set exactly what you're saying. We set these standards and then we judge ourselves by them. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. if I do this, then I really love God. And it's like, it's like our, it's almost like our hearts setting these little mini idols of like, if I set this stature, then I'm good. And it's just like, God, I'm sure God just shakes his head. And it's like, no, stop. You know, you're not, you're not loving me. You're just trying to justify Um, something and that's where I I think that's where God's wrath comes in and that's where it's you know it's not faith then it's null you know it's he's like you're not living by faith you're living by a law Mm -hmm. if you're gonna live by by the law you're gonna be dead
0: yeah if you really want to make this life a game of whether you follow the law you're going to lose yeah that's what you get um yeah and you know I'm I I mean I mentioned a parent parenting story I, I hope what I for parents out there, I'm not trying to communicate anything about parenting. <laughs> it's OK for me to tell my daughter she can't have a piece of cake. And it's OK for me to not tell her she can't have a piece of cake. I'm not I'm not saying anything about that. I'm saying about how how um, shorthand law is in my life, how how easy it is to get to a law perspective um, and the dynamics of that. Um, but I think also, so it has to do with me, but I think it also has huge implications for mission. When we talk about evangelism, when we talk about bearing witness to God's kingdom in the world, if you cross a boundary, if you cross a border into another country, which I hope all of us have a chance to do and see how people of a completely different culture worship Jesus,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we, can, we are so prone to judge other christians or even just crossing the street to a different denomination a different faith tradition than you you know um people who worship in a different language than you or like you know so like i've worshipped in like charismatic pentecostal churches i i mean i've worshipped in like catholic churches i worth like they're uh, uh, nazarene churches uh non-denominational churches presbyterian churches uh churches in africa churches in mexico um uh, churches in europe and having like the the wafer like like handed to me and like someone pouring wine in my mouth and there there's a the the body of christ is a diverse body mm-hmm. and yet from our cultural view vantage point it can be so easy to make it even though we think that because we're evangelical or because we're you know we don't Think that we hold to very much tradition. We think that we're, you know, okay with everything. Mm -hmm. It's surprising how quickly we can jump into judgment for people who practice faith differently than us and think that we have it right and they have it wrong. And I think that's also adhering to the law, thinking that these things are what make following Jesus, you know, this is what makes a Jesus follower, this is what makes true faith. And it actually has to do with the kind of songs we sing and the kind of worship shower, like whether we baptize infants or adults, or, you know what I mean? Like there, we need to take a posture of humility and grace to go. And actually it's way more fun to be a Christian in that sense, to be like, you know what? The, I have a lot to learn as a follower of Jesus. And I can't wait to meet all these people in heaven and find out what God is like, that God could be the father of all these Expressions of Christianity, um, I think it's a a beautiful thing to open our eyes to and submit ourselves to. But um, I just want to—that's Christians, but then also people who do not identify as Christians, who we have to be really careful when we're discipling people who especially are new to the faith or don't know Jesus yet, to make sure that we're passing on faith, like and grace, not a law and wrath, because. Um, what we will do is we will import our own law and our own cultural understands of what Christianity is and not let the Holy Spirit guide that other person into faith and into righteousness. So yeah. that's something we have to be extremely cautious of uh, yeah. as Christians is what kind of faith are we passing on? Think about with my kids, what, what kind of faith am I passing on to my kids? Am I making them think that being a christian is this 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 and this and this yeah or am i helping point them and have their own authentic relationship with jesus um and and helping guide them in their own faith development and trusting the holy spirit in that that okay the holy spirit's got them uh god will lead them i i don't have to be about the law for them you know that's that's what my desire but it's so hard to do that as a parent so hard to do that as a discipler it's so hard to do that you know as an american um and i think we just have to have a like you said posture yeah posture of humility in all yep. these things too yeah all right well is that enough for today yeah i think so i think so well thanks travis um i feel like there's a bunch of other things i wish we could just dive into <laughs> in this, this
1: could uh, be an hour-long podcast just we're for not this one do it
0: We're going to abstain, okay? But um, (laughs) Everybody, thanks for joining in today. I would love to hear your thoughts about this passage. So uh, send me an email. Send Travis an email. um, Send someone an email. It doesn't have to be us. Send your mother an email. Tell your mother what you think about this passage. (laughs) So go in peace, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye.